Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And he went, not a chance. So if John the Baptist can't come, then the Messiah can't come. And I can't see how this can happen, Zechariah says. Oh, he believed in God. He knew there was a God. But he didn't believe God could do this. God expects more of me the longer I serve him. If you're a Christian of 20, 30, and 40 years, you should have greater faith than a young believer. It's been a challenge to me. What about you? Have you been a follower of Jesus for many years? What would you say your faith level is? You think it's where it should be? It's hard to go through life with its ups and downs and maintain a consistently increasing level of faith. Pastor Mark's teaching today will remind you that faith is like a muscle. It has to be continually exercised to keep it strong or to make it stronger. One of the ways God tests your faith is to throw challenges your way like he did for Elizabeth and Zechariah. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 1 as he continues his message when God rearranges your plans. See, God's timing was perfect. It was all in order. There would have to be a forerunner of the runner. And if the forerunner comes, then the runner comes, then Israel will have their promised Messiah. You and I will have salvation. And the problems of the world can be solved by Jesus Christ. There's a sequence. It's ordered by God. It flows perfectly. We didn't know it. They didn't know it. But God knew it before the beginning of time. Notice, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other ferment to drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So not only are Elizabeth and Zechariah going to have a son, but this son would be the forerunner of the Messiah, not only bringing joy to his parents, but to the whole world. Well, we know this from Scripture. Hundreds of years before, God promised us in Isaiah 40, verse 3 and 4, look at this. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. You see, God had a plan all mapped out for John the Baptist. Notice what else. Malachi says this. Look, 
I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. What does this mean? You see, John the Baptist would come in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah in the Old Testament confronted sin in the nation of Israel. What did John the Baptist do? When he came, he said to the people of the nation of Israel, repent, repent. And so the next thing I want you to write down, and I think this is so important in our lives. God has specific plans for each of our lives. One of the things that we get confused with is we start comparing ourselves against other people. We get this comparing because that's the kind of people we are today with the internet, whatever. Some of you, I've seen you at Sam's or Best Buy or whatever. You're looking at that 50-inch TV or whatever, HD, or should I get an LCD or whatever. And you're comparing all that stuff. And you're going, man, you've got sheets this long trying to figure out what to do. Well, we transfer that to people. So we begin looking at other people and going, you know what? I'm not really as talented as they are. So I guess God can't really use me. Well, let's stop and think. There was only one John the Baptist. And here's what I have to remind myself quite often of this. There are about 300,000 churches in the United States. For sure, there's some pastors that are as good a speaker as I am. For really sure... There's a lot more that are way better than I am. So what am I going to do with that? I guess you can't do anything for you, Lord. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that. Because sometimes I hear guys and I go, oh, not in my wildest imagination could I be that way to be so useful. Then I hear the guys, I hear guys and go, praise God. I won't tell you who they are, whatever. Because <laughs> they're saying the same thing about me. Praise God, I'm not like that guy. So what about your life? No, God made you unique, special, gifted. As I watched those elephants, I kind of thought of that. One of the guys, actually those elephants also bowled. They did. They had big things. They bowled right there and boom, they take that ball and roll it right down there. I thought it was interesting because they had by side by side. The one elephant over here is having a bad day. So this guy bowled and actually bowled in his lane and knocked some of them down for him. I went, yeah, that's the body of Christ. The guy doesn't even know it. (laughs) You see, you're unique. We need all of you. When I, when I step out of this pulpit and another guy steps in, it's not a bad, it's not a matter of better. It's different. And God uses all of us. None of us are perfect. So God had a specific plan for John the Baptist. He has a specific plan for your life. He has a specific plan here. I don't know what God's going to do, but it's specific and it's unique. Always it circles around God. You're uniquely gifted by God. Don't compare yourself with other people. Stop it. Allow God to use you as you are. As Bruce comes on as an elder, he's different than the other elders. That's good. We need that. It's not a matter of better, medium, poor. That's crazy. Be who you are because God made you. You're special. Now, 
Notice what happens. Can you imagine when, when Zechariah's praying, the angel says, your prayer's been answered. He's thinking, the Messiah is coming. That's incredible. But God says, well, not only the Messiah, but you're going to have a son. That reminded me of the verse, Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceeding, abundant, more than we could ever ask or think. That's the way God is. You say, I'm afraid for God to change my plans. What is wrong with you? I mean, good things are going to happen. And so we have this incredible plan. Now notice what he said about John the Baptist. Look back at verse 15. This is special. He says, this is kind of the curfew already for John the Baptist. It's already set. He says, he is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Let me ask you two questions. Could John the Baptist not have fulfilled God's plan for his life? Could he have chosen and said, no, I'm an alcoholic guy. I love drinking. I'm not going to follow that. Could he have actually said, you want me to go what? In the wilderness and be a forerunner for Christ? My message is repent, not a chance. Could he have not fulfilled God's plan? Yes, he could have. Could Jesus not have fulfilled God's plan? Because all the time we hear Jesus say, if it's your will, I will. So see, even though God's plan for you is set, you can go outside it. Dangerous to go outside it. But notice what he says. He says, John the Baptist is going to have a Nazarite vow. He won't touch wine. His joy will not come from the bottle. That's a message that could preach. Do you know in this holiday season, people think joy comes from a bottle? No, no. Joy comes from the Lord. Actually, disaster comes from the bottle. Here's one thing that will never change. God will never change this plan. I want you to write it down. God's unchanging plan for all believers, just like John the Baptist, be filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist couldn't minister unless he's filled with the Spirit. Jesus couldn't minister unless he's filled with the Spirit. I can't minister unless I'm filled with the Spirit. If you go to Ephesians 5.18, you don't need to turn there. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, which is like stupid, but be filled with the Spirit. The same exact principle that we see here about John the Baptist. That's exactly what was going to happen. In fact, John the Baptist is filled from his birth with the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. I wish verse 18 wasn't in the Bible, but it is. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. I want you to write this down, then we're going to talk about it for a moment. Religion can become routine, dead, and faithless. You know, if there's anybody that should have been able to trust God's promise for the unexpected, for the supernatural, it should have been Zechariah. He's a priest. He studied the Old Testament. He's seen all the miracles. The Bible basically says this, to whom much is given, much is required. You see, the longer I serve Christ, the more I should not be surprised at the supernatural. But Zechariah Oh, he looked at Elizabeth's age. He looked at himself. 
And he went, not a chance. So if John the Baptist can't come, then the Messiah can't come. And I can't see how this can happen, Zechariah says. Oh, he believed in God. He knew there was a God. But he didn't believe God could do this. God expects more of me the longer I serve him. If you're a Christian of 20, 30, and 40 years, you should have greater faith than a young believer. It's been a challenge to me. Psalms 119 says, Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Could Zechariah just have been going through the motions? Could he have gone in and been excited about praying and offering the incense? But could he, all those years, just have gone through the motions and his prayers were real? Yes, he believed in God, but he didn't really believe God. Could you just be going through the motions? We talk sometimes about C&E Christians, Christmas and Easter Christmas, they come twice a year and whatever. Could we come 52 weeks a year and just be doing our deal? Could we be sitting, could I actually be teaching the powerful word of God and not expect God to move in my life? Yes, I could. How can Zechariah be a man with no faith? That challenged me a lot. Could you be sitting here just doing your deal? Christmas time, cool, we're at church. Or can we be people that look for God to rearrange our plans? Excited about what tomorrow holds. Knowing that no good thing he's going to withhold from us. And he has designed you and me to use us powerfully. We'll look at verse 19. I love it. The angel answered when Zechariah said, give me a sign. He says, I'm Gabriel. We got his name. He says, I stand in the presence of God. Every time I read that, I get goosebumps. I stand in the presence of God. Do you know, I'm standing in the very presence of the supernatural creator of the universe. That's right. You say, how do I know? The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in his name. There we are in the midst. We are sitting in the very presence of God. And the angel said, as I was standing there, I got an assignment. What was the assignment? And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Let me remind you of this because it is powerful. God will communicate his plans to us. The rearrangements that's necessary, God will communicate them to us. See, God wants to show me his will. He wants to show me how to rearrange my life. He wants to give me good news. He has general principles that are always found here in the word of God. It isn't going to be a vision. It isn't going to be an angel. Sometimes that still happens. I absolutely believe it. But most of the time, his word, his direction, his plans come from the written word of God. That's why we study the word of God. Now, Zechariah went into the temple 
And as he was in the presence of God, God spoke to him and rearranged his plans. You and I are in the house of God like Zechariah. And while I'm teaching this Bible study to you, God is right now specifically beginning to reveal plans in your life, rearranging. He's already spoken to you. That's the supernatural God we have. You say, does it promise it'll work like that? Well, you know these verses, Jeremiah 33.3. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs says, with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding in all your ways. Seek Him and He will show you which path to take. You mean there's more than one path? Yes. We saw a sad Example of that this week in the news, didn't we? With a father who tried everything he could do in the natural to save his family. What a brave father and a wonderful husband. But you remember what happened? Picked the wrong bend in the road. And you saw what happened with him? He went around in circles, actually, and became close to the car again. You see, God doesn't want that in our lives. In a spiritual sense, he wants to show you the path to take. And he will show it to you. He loves to do that because he's a good father. Now, when we doubt God, there's always consequences. See, God has to be pleased with faith. Look at verse 20. The angel says, now, Zechariah, now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. So how long is he going to be silent? That hasn't changed. That's like unchangeable, okay? Notice why. Because you did not believe my words, which are the words of God. You and I cannot go against the word of God and expect good things to happen. Can never do it. Which will come true, by the way, he says at proper time. Zechariah asked for a sign. He got a sign. He would be silent for nine months. But notice, Zechariah's unbelief would not stop the plans of God. A verse that I think you'll love, Psalm 3311 says this, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. You can just write this, God's plans will come to pass. He's coming back for us. He planned that he would never in your life send you more difficulty than you could overcome with him. He'd provide a way of escape. His plans will come to pass. He is a very present help in time of trouble. John says, I go away to prepare a place for you and I will come back for you. His plans will always take place. Well, outside, you can imagine what's happening. These people have been waiting and waiting and waiting. They've been praying. Usually the offering of the incense didn't take long. Look at verse 21. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. For he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. 
We don't know if he learned sign language automatically or what in the world he did, but they knew that he had come in contact with God. Look at verse 23. When his time of service was completed, the week was over, he and Elizabeth returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. I want to stop there for a moment. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Zechariah. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Elizabeth. Zechariah can't speak. So here they are, and let's just say they're traveling 20 miles to home. I don't know where their home was. As he's traveling 20 miles to home, what is Zechariah trying to say to his wife? Oh, you're getting it. Just keep thinking. What is he trying to say to her? He's trying to sign this. It's going to be a great night. (laughs) They're 70s. This is not the Immaculate Conception. He said, I've got orders from God. (laughs) Now, guys, you can't use that, so don't, 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 don't try. Don't even try. I don't have enough time for counseling for that. He says, I've got orders from God. I'm thinking Elizabeth saying, you've been over the incense a little too long. (laughs) You see, sometimes you just got to put yourself there, don't you? How did he say to her, tonight's the night. I mean, maybe it's been years. We didn't have the blue pill. We didn't have any of that chance. We didn't have anything. But God took care of it, didn't it? The Bible then goes on and says that she remained secluded for five months after she got pregnant. Now let me ask you a question before I finish. If you're Elizabeth and you discover that now at this age, God's going to bless you with a child. Would you have a question in your mind like, why not at 30? God, I mean seriously, could we get bitter and go, God. For 40 years, I was the laughter of the community. And I served you. Why now? I love the character of Elizabeth. Look what it says in verse 25. The Lord has done this not to me, for me. And these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Isn't that beautiful? She's filled with thanksgiving. She's not saying, God, God, why now? The last thing I want you to write is this, and it talks about our attitude. Be glad and thankful when God rearranges your plans. Don't become embittered. Don't try to second-guess God. Just be like Elizabeth. God has done this for me. He has shown me His favor. And now the disgrace is gone. See, she doesn't complain about God's timing, but revels in the blessing that is hers now. Beautiful thing. The last thing I want to say to you is this. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. 
Pastor Mark taught today about the value of letting God's plans happen when they're supposed to. You heard about the benefit of waiting for God to work in and through you at the right time, which is God's time. Pastor Mark shared about how critical it is for you to become comfortable with whomever God made you to be and to let Him work through you just as you are. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings us to the end of this portion of Pastor Mark's teaching, When God Rearranges Your Plans. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the theme of plan rearrangement with another couple, Joseph and Mary, and how God really changed the plans they'd made. Pastor Mark will teach you about the importance of holding on to God, no matter what it looks like to others. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear